Hi, Pastor Greg here. I'm the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church in Jordan, Montana. I'm very excited to introduce a brand new series, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Thank you so very much for being a part of this podcast and listening to this. I hope that you enjoy this series. So without further introduction, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. So we are in, we're still in part 14 because we're, we're on side notes. So part 14 of Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. And uh, today we're going to be talking about infinite prayer and infinite worship. Okay. And so this morning I'm reading out of, once again, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, which I had stated at the beginning of this side note, this is what is driving this whole entire um, um, little what you'd call like a mini-series or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Let us pray. Lord God, I want to thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for everything that you do in our lives and how you walk us through. And I pray, Father, that we may just have a wonderful, wonderful time today in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, I said we're in part 14, and if you would like to actually listen to the past um, episodes of this or... Um, whatever, you can go to agjordanmt.com and you can listen on Spotify, Google Podcast, Podbean, and you can even watch it in video on YouTube if you so choose. So part 14. Side note. Infinite prayer and infinite worship. This is the third part to this. We have one more part coming up. Infinite prayer and infinite worship. You might combine these two without a second thought, but they are different. Prayer is the acknowledging that we are in the presence of the Most Holy. We are loved, cared for, blessed, and children of God. Worship is the life set apart. See, you thought I was going to say singing, didn't you? You thought I was going to say that worship is when I'm declaring about God. That's worship. No, but actually worship is a life set apart, walking out and living in the presence of the Most Holy. So where prayer is, is, is talking and acknowledging the fact of the Most Holy, worship is living in the presence of the Most Holy in our daily lives. So let us address infinite prayer. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. So Matthew chapter 6, looking at verses 5 and 6. And Jesus goes and says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by, by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. This gives the attitude behind prayer. 
This sets the attitude behind how we approach our time with God. It is a conversation with God and just that. God, you and God. It's a one-on-one. What God chooses to reveal about your relationship is his business, not yours. Right? Unless he obviously you know, reveals that to you that you need to share it. But that is a one-on-one relationship. But what's interesting is how can we have a one-on-one relationship with the infinite God? How can finite communicate with infinite on a one-on-one basis? Think about that. Then it goes on in verse 7 and 8. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do in the Messianic, the the Jewish New Testament. It, It says babbling. Avoid babbling as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Avoid, avoid this. It is not the amount of words that is used. It is the quality of the conversation. I'm going to say it again. It is not the amount of words that is used. It is the quality of the conversation. The quality where heart and mind is. Therefore, I love that word, therefore. In verse 9, in this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When I take this a little bit away, I you know there's people, there's there's a lot of people who have done a really good job of dissecting every single one of these things, and they're out there, and you probably heard them, and whatever. But there's one thing that I want to actually start out with and where I'm gonna go. Our Father. Because if you don't get that right, the rest of this means nothing. If you don't recognize our Father in heaven, the rest of it means nothing. So he didn't even say that we name God God. Rather, he said, Father, And I think of other examples. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. There's so many examples in the New Testament, time upon time again, about calling Father. And there's another thing that came to my remembrance in Exodus chapter 3, looking at verses 13. Leave your hand in in Matthew, because we'll we'll be returning. But I'll put a place mark there so I remember. But in Exodus, I'm having fun with books of the Bible today, so bear with me. Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at verses 13 through 15. And this is when Moses asked, because God was asking him to do a whole lot, and he was like, well, when they ask, who sent you, who who do you... Who do you want me to say? And in verse 13, 
Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, so basically, in addition to, and above that, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. I am. And then he goes about and he, and he follows the lineage and he establishes identity by using the lineage. But now, when we go back to Matthew, right? It says, our father. By what lineage? So I've asked, I've asked a couple questions. How can we as finite, have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the infinite God? And by what lineage is, is Jesus teaching us to pray and how we address our Father? It's two things. Add to this that the only way we can acknowledge that God is our Father is by the Spirit of God. And I teased that last Sunday. So in Romans 8, 14 through 17. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. It is God who adopted it is God who chose. It is God who paid the price. The prayer that Jesus taught us to pray was based on a relationship with him, a oneness with him. That's how he taught us to pray. In the oneness, in the relationship with him, thus, thus, prayer is not the foundation for worship, but worship is the foundation for prayer. Because worship is a life-following after. So how do I come to the Father? I come based in my life established in Jesus because there's no other way for me to come to Father God. There's no other way for me to enter into the presence except for in the relationship with the Messiah, with Jesus. There's no other way. So when I come in and I pray, remember, quality of conversation. Quality, not quantity of words. Quality. So when I enter in, I'm entering within the relationship worship. 
Worship has been degraded down to when we sing, like I started out, or when we're declaring. But worship is your life. It's not just something right now. It's not, we just didn't have just worship. That, that was us singing out loud. That was declaring. That was basically putting prayer to song. If you really want to think about it, I'm declaring the glory of God. Whether or not I'm singing hymns or whether or not I'm singing contemporary, it really doesn't matter at that point. What matters is the fact that I'm declaring the worship and the glory to God. It puts worship at a whole different level because worship is about a life. So when I enter into the church and I am coming from a life of walking with God, of working out my salvation with God, does that verse ring a bell? And I'm working out my salvation and then I enter into the church. I'm not having a relationship in here. I'm having a relationship out there and I brought my relationship into here. And I'm sharing it with the rest of you. You want to know what church is? That's church. You know what worship is? Fellowshipping with one another. Sometimes we pray together where we're declaring to God. Sometimes we sing our prayers where we're declaring to God. But our worship is in our life. Our worship is in our life. It is taking what is done in the one-on-one conversation with God and living it out. Romans 12 should already be in Romans, so just few pages over. Romans 12, 1 through 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, remember that word beseech, basically down on the knees, begging. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. We've already talked about his infinite grace and his infinite mercy. We've already gone through that. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In the presence, in the relationship, in that one-on-one and living worship, infinite worship, Infinite prayer, because it is by the Spirit of God, and infinite worship, because it is by He that we live. Remember that verse? It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's about life. So it's not about just coming to church, sitting in a pew, that's great, that's that's awesome, we fellowship with one together. But our worship goes everywhere we go, every breath, how we deal with our friends, how we deal with our family, how we deal with our parents, how we deal with, with um, our loved ones, how we deal with our not loved ones. You know who they are. You know who I'm talking about, those frustrating people. How we deal with them. Why? Because it is our reasonable 
service. It is our worship. That God seeks this is stated in John chapter 4. And in John chapter 4, looking at verses 1 through 26, honestly, there's only a few verses in there, but I honestly could not go into this without reading the whole thing because I love it so much, okay? So bear with me. In John chapter 4, looking at verses 1 through 26, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. And of course, Jesus didn't know what was going to happen, right? Everything planned, right? A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I should give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life, a life of worship. Catching this? It's not just a one time, it's not just an every Sunday type thing, it's not just a little few, you know, whatever, however long that you dedicate to Bible reading and prayer, it's not in that time. It is a life everlasting. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. And then we find out something really interesting about this person. And it's no rumor, it's actually something real. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. So not only is she a Samaritan woman, she pretty much wouldn't be accepted by almost any you know, major religion at all. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And then Jesus, instead of stopping there, instead of actually saying, you know what, you're really not worth my time, he says, you are worth my time. I'm sitting here. I knew you before you even walked up to this well. And he continues, and he says this. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither On this mountain, nor in Jerusalem, worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Now, you can get lost in the rigmarole there, but I want you to understand, keep on going, because, but the hour is coming, and now is. 
when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did he not just give an ability to a woman who basically, a, a prerequisite of religion already failed, but the prerequisite of being a sinner in need of salvation absolutely, positively met the requirement. In life, you could look at that and say, wow, that was a bummer of a life. But Jesus looked at that and said, your life can be made whole. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. See, if you look at that, and you find where I'm at, if you look at that, what, he, what Jesus kind of told her was kind of a little rude and very invasive. It was kind of very mean. But he needed to indicate to her he knew who she was. And not only did he know who she was, but there was grace and mercy and forgiveness. I mean, messed up relationships alone, where were the other woman, women at the point in time? I mean, normally speaking, protection is in numbers. You don't go in there alone. And then he talks about true worship. And if you define truth, if you find true, that which has not only the name and resemblance, but the real nature corresponding to the name. So it's not just a resemblance. It's not just a, a I follow after Jesus or whatever. It's an actual character that is a part of that. So true worshipers. Jesus was giving an impossibility to, to one who had no hope of meeting that prerequisite. But all things are possible with him. All things can be made whole. Greg, you don't understand. All the, all the things that have happened in my life, all the things that have messed up, all the decisions that I've made, all the things, even when I knew better, I still made the wrong decisions, even all those things like that. You're telling me that God can actually repair all those things. And I'm like, yes, he can. Well, I don't think so. I'm like, well, try it. How can I live pure again? How can I live not angry? How can I live um, with thankfulness? How can I live with that when I see all the stuff that's going on around? I mean, all you have to do is just flip on the news channel and get angry. That's all I'm saying. Right? All you have to do is just see all the things that are being done, the, the injustices that are being done. That's all you have to look at and, and you get and, and, you, and you bubble up and whatever. And it's like, then you read those scriptures that says the joy of the Lord is your strength and you look at the news and you look at the joy of the Lord is your strength and you're having art and like, okay, I'm not understanding this. How can I find joy? How can I find peace? How can I find contentment? How can I find that? Because you don't find it in the situation. You don't find it in the world, but you find it in Jesus. Infinite prayer, infinite worship, life everlasting, a well springing up within 
How many times has God led you in areas that hurt or sure felt like they were rude and, and the situation did not consider your feelings on, the, on, on, on it at all? Didn't even think about your feelings on it at all? How many times? It is in these moments the only answer is Jesus. It is in these moments that the only answer is the Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Not my will be done, but God's will. Right? And then the last piece of that, must worship him in spirit and in truth. It is by the Spirit of God that you that you say, Abba, Father. It is by the relationship in Jesus that you say the prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It is by that relationship that you actually say, which means that the, the prayer is not something just memorized. It is not something that you just say every single day because you feel like the need to. It is something that is real. It's something that's alive and it's something that declares. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Put a period at it and live. Everything is launched from infinite prayer and infinite worship. Your prayer is launched from infinite worship. So where is our life today? A life in infinite worship. And the last verse, John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in, in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. A life of worship. Acknowledging the most holy in infinite prayer. Infinite worship and infinite prayer. So now what? You take that and you walk it out. You take it and you open up the scriptures and you walk it out. Because it is by the Spirit of God that you say, Abba, Father. It's kind of changed my prayer a little bit. It's kind of changed my life. 
and is continuously changing my life, continuously opening up doors, continuously learning. I don't stand up here knowing it all. I stand up here learning and walking. So next week, <clears throat> we are going to be fellowshipping with one another and worshiping. So my challenge for you is to take your relationship that you had during the week and bring it in. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if, like, when you were sharing, you gave a testimony about what God has done in your life, what God has walked you through? Or maybe you have a need, and when you're sharing with the people that are around you, you say, you know what, I'm really struggling with this. And you spend some time in prayer together. Why? Because you're bringing the worship that you have into here to encourage, to build up, and to maybe and to maybe shoulder some of the things, help a person shoulder a burden that's a little bit by allowing them to talk about through things. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. But I'm thinking that that is what church is all about. I'm thinking church is about us coming together and bringing our lives together and bringing our worship together and fellowshipping with one another. Your worship is the foundation for your prayer. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for how you work in our lives. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you for loving us. And I pray, Father, that as we go out, that we may live that and that we may worship you I pray, Father, that you be honored and glorified. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and taking the time. I hope that you enjoyed this series. If you would like to follow this podcast as well as other podcasts, you may go to agjordanmt.com. I hope you have a wonderful day.